Hi, this is Pastor Jack Wilson, and this is You Think? Well, we're back here to the second edition. We made it all the way here already, and like we said last week, we're going to talk about a subject that is taboo in the fundamental industry of our religion, of our faith. Uh, can a Christian, is a Christian allowed to drink wine? Is a Christian allowed to drink wine? And we've got to find out, well, well, first of all, what is wine? And in the Bible it says there's, there's three kinds of wine. There's yayim in the Old Testament, which means fermented wine. In the, Old Te- in the New Testament it's oyim, oinos rather, which means fermented wine. And then there's tirosh in the Old Testament, which means grape juice. So there is grape juice in the Bible. And, and some, some pastors will say, well, that's the wine that God wanted us to have. And Jesus made grape juice uh, from the, uh, at the wedding of Cana. And, and it's a whole lot of nonsense. But anyway, let's go and look. Let's see what happens. Uh, the first thing we read about wine was that Noah, when he got off the boat, he sat down and he got drunk. Now let me point out that the fermented wine uh, was the kind of wine that Abraham drank, that uh, Melchizedek gave to Abraham. Uh, all through the Bible they drank fermented wine and on yours the same way. The wine that Jesus turned uh, uh, from water at the wedding feast at Cable. Yayim was a fermented wine. And then you have uh, in the New Testament, Oinos, which is also fermented wine. And you also have in the Old Testament, you have Tirosh, which is grape juice. Uh, usually when they refer to Tirosh, it's actually referring to the grape itself which of course is the gift of God and uh, also allows us to make wine. Now I have put this, uh, I put this challenge to many pastors out there and I'll, I'll do it to anyone. The challenge is this, if you can find that one place in the Bible where it says you cannot drink wine, you're not allowed to drink wine, I don't mean being a Nazarite either, if you cannot drink wine, then I will never touch another drop of alcohol again. That's my promise. Because if I really thought that God did not want me to have a drink, I would never have one. And by the way, I, you know, I, I speak about this not as someone who is fighting for his op- opportunity to drink without having persecution. I don't think I have five drinks in a year. All right, It's not my desire to drink that much. All right, once in a while I'll, I'll have a, uh, a beer or wine with my supper or something. But uh, like I said, maybe five times in a year. So that's not my thing. And also, uh, I don't want to encourage young people to drink. Not because drinking is bad, not because God doesn't allow it. Because young people do not know how to control themselves. And they take something that is good and they turn it into bad. For example, we have... Uh, uh, this uh, verse in Genesis 9:21. Uh, this is talking about Noah after he uh, wound up on dry land with his ark, and it says, "And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent." So what happened? 
He was drinking, he got drunk. And you know what? That's a bad thing. You're not supposed to drink and get drunk. And so he did wrong. Did that make the wine bad? No. It made what he did bad. Let's look at, uh, at another verse here. In Genesis 14:18, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, people argue about this one too, and, and we might get into this one uh, sometime in the future. But Melchizedek was a pre-shadow of Jesus Christ. Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Salem means peace. Who's the king of peace? Who's the prince of peace? Who's the king of peace? Jesus Christ. And he brought forth bread and wine. What is that? That's the communion. That's the, uh, uh, the bread and the wine that is sacrificed uh, at the Last Supper unto God, which is not a physical sacrifice. The real bread and wine that was sacrificed was done on the cross. And it says, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Well, who's the priest of the Most High God? Jesus Christ, of course. But what I'm trying to bring out to you here is that Jesus Christ himself brought wine. And the word wine is yayim, which means fermented wine. So he brought it and he gave it to Abraham. Now, if wine is bad, if fermented wine is bad, we're not talking about tea rush, we're not talking about grape juice. If fermented wine is bad, why would Jesus give it to Abraham? Now there's something to think about. People use different biblical verses to twist and to turn and to try to tell you that you're not allowed to drink. In Leviticus 10.9, it says, Do not drink wine nor strong drink. Thou nor thy sons with thee. Now they would stop at that verse and say, See? But the rest of that works, verse says, When ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Now what are they saying here? When you go in, and the, the Leviticals, these were the priests, Okay, when you go in to perform your priestly duties in the temple, don't drink. Don't drink. It's against the law. And that makes sense, doesn't it? It doesn't say when you're outside the temple you can't drink. It doesn't say when you go someplace you can't have a drink. It says don't drink while you're in the temple. And if it specifically says don't drink while you're in the temple, then it means you can drink because or else it would have said, don't drink at all. Now here's another one I get a real good kick out of. I've spoken to one preacher one time, and he was telling people that uh, the Nazarites was an example to Christianity, that just like the Nazarites, we shouldn't drink, because we're actually Nazarites. I, I, never, I never figured that one out. I, I did ask him, though, if we're a Nazarite, should we not cut our hair also? And uh, he really didn't have an answer for that. But here it is in Judges 13.7. We're talking about Samson here. Remember Samson? That beautiful long hair? But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive, 
and bear a son. He's talking to Manoah, the mother. And now drink no more wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And also we know that you weren't supposed to cut your hair as a Nazarite. Now, wait a minute. God specifically picked out a type of person that could not drink. Does that make sense? Sure. He was dedicated to God, and he could not drink. He was a Nazarite. He, God did not say all the people. He told the mother because she was going to have the baby inside her that she couldn't uh, put wine into him uh, through the umbilical cord. So she could not drink, so neither could he as he grew up being a Nazarite. Now we say even the Lord uh, liked his wine. It says in Numbers 15, 7, And for a drink offering thou shalt offer the thing, the third part of a hen of wine, for a sweet savor unto the Lord. So the Lord actually enjoyed the sweet savor of the wine. And that wine was fermented grape juice. Okay? It was bubbling. It was fresh. It was intoxicating. Now here's an example of where uh, in the Bible that they refer to grape juice. Deuteronomy 11.14 says that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Now, here it talks about gathering in the corn, the wine, and the oil. It doesn't say we're going to gather in the popcorn or the corn fritters or anything like that. It says it's going to gather in the corn, the basic thing that was grown. And likewise with the wine. It didn't say it was going to uh, uh, gather in the intoxicating wine, the effervescent wine. It was going to gather in the grape juice or the basic, the, the grape itself. The same thing with the oil, whatever you make with oil, I don't know. But this was the basic that God has given us. And we turned it into wine. Absolutely. Well, not all the way. I mean, God is in control of everything. And so when we uh, ferment wine, he's even in the fermentation process. Now, here's another one in which the uh, uh, people of God tend to say that Jesus caused water to become grape juice. Can you believe that? Jesus caused water to become grape juice. Let's see if that's true. In John 2, 1, it says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, look, I'm going to tell you something about Cana was mountain country. It was that old banjo playing, slapstick, slapping the knees, singing, you know, that style. I'm not going to say they had banjos, but that style. They were country people. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? 
Mine hour is not yet come. In other words, you, you got me doing miracles, and I'm not really supposed to expose myself yet. But that was his mom, and he always obeyed his mom. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Hey, Mary knew that Jesus was in charge of the whole situation. <coughs> Continuing at 2.6, it says, And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece, a lot of water. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And what was he talking about? Every man puts out the best grape juice at a wedding, and after you drank a while, you'll get the worst grape juice. What, what, how does that work out? Uh, what they're trying to say is every, every wedding, they put out the most expensive wine. And as you start to get a little tipsy, they put out the cheaper wine. And this way you won't know the difference. But he was saying, we put out our good wine, but Jesus made better wine. And you know what the word uh, for wine was? That's right, oinos, fermented grape. Jesus made fermented grape. And that's a big contention with a lot of people. By the way, if you find anything that you disagree with uh, in any of these conversations, please feel free to write to uh, uh, 7101 at USA.net. That's my email, 7101 at USA.net. And I'll get back to you for sure uh, with, uh, to answer your question, or maybe you'll be right and I'll have to change my answer. I'm not opposed to that, but whatever it is, Let's work it out together. Anyway, I hope this conversation was a good one. I hope you learned something, or perhaps you uh, have an argument. You're ready to send it to 7101 at USA.net. Lord God, talk to these people and let them hear your word, Lord God, not my word. Let them obey you, Lord, not me, Lord, and let them do all your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and have a great day.